So today, I want to give you some action-packed tips uh, for these hard times. This is not a sermon that's focused on, you know, what, uh, why we suffer or, or so. It, it's really how do we handle it. And uh, the key then is to be fully engaged. But what does fully engaged uh, really mean? So I want to give you some action-packed tips for hard times, how not to to quit when the going gets tough. And so if you take some notes today, and you take the word action, A-C-T-I-O-N, I want to give you an action-packed tip for each of these letters. And of course, the first letter then uh, is A. And uh, I want to uh, suggest that that A uh, can stand for the fact that we need to acknowledge and accept the Lordship of Christ. Now, before we really look just specifically at that, I want to read a few verses in the scriptures themselves. And I really want to start in the Gospel of Luke And uh, I want you to, uh, if you have your Bibles, I know these will be on the screen as well, but I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, to the Gospel of Luke and uh, chapter 8 to a very familiar story to us. And it begins in verse 22, and uh, I'm going to read uh, to verse 25. And so here's what we read, and I want you to think about the action. I want you to think about being in in trouble. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 8, beginning of verse 22. One day he got into a boat with his disciples, and that means that Jesus was with his disciples, and he got into this boat, and he said to them, uh, Let's, let us go across to the other side of the lake. And then tells us they set out. And so here during probably some calm seas, Jesus says, let's get into the boat. Let's go across. And while it's nice and calm and so forth, these disciples clearly followed him and they were obedient to him. And uh, they sailed uh, across this lake. And as they were sailing, Jesus uh, fell asleep. And so we read then in verse 23, and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. So get the picture here. They start off, I'm sure the sea was calm. And uh, then all of a sudden, a terrible storm comes. Now, they're, they're dealing with reality here. They're, this isn't just in their minds. A terrible storm comes up. These are experienced fishermen. And uh, it tells us that the boat was, you know, filling with water. And so the reality was that this boat could go under and they could drown in this storm. And so I want you to notice what they did. They went and, and they woke Jesus up. And a little panic there, you see. They said, Master, Master. So they understood he was Lord. Master, Master. 
And don't you really care that we perish? Have you ever felt that way? Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Maybe there seems to be one difficulty after another that you have to deal with. And maybe inside, just like the disciples, you, you think, Lord, don't you care? Are you sleeping? I'm in need here. I'm in trouble. Well, the Lord uh, then says, it says he awoke. And what he did was rebuke the wind and the raging waters. And they ceased. And there was a calm. So these disciples knew who to go to. uh, And uh, he came uh, up and he said, well, to the winds stop, to the, we, to the waves stop, and there's this great calm. And so he takes this opportunity to teach them, and he says this, and said to them, where is your faith? Why aren't you trusting me during this difficulty? See, he wasn't saying that it wasn't a difficulty. He wasn't saying that they weren't in the midst of trouble. He wasn't saying that, yeah, if something didn't happen, you're going to drown. He doesn't question that. But here's what he wants them to realize, that even in the midst of the storm, they needed to trust him. They needed to depend on him. And so he then uh, says this, and they were afraid, and yet they marveled. They were astonished at this one thing that uh, who then is this, that he commands even uh, winds and water, and they obey him. You see, they had never been with someone who could speak to the winds and have the winds obey his voice. They had never been with someone who could speak to the waves and have those waves obey his voice, and there's a complete calm then on this body of water. So they were in trouble. There was action. They went to the person that they knew uh, could help them in some way. But then supernaturally, the Lord speaks, and there's a great calm. Now, this A in this first action pack is this, that we need to acknowledge and accept uh, the lordship of Christ. So here, even in that boat, what are they saying? Master, master, Lord, Lord, don't you care that we perish? Well, I want you to take note in Luke chapter 6 that uh, he talks about this lordship of Christ as well here. What does this lordship mean? Well, it means that we see God as as a sovereign God, a loving God, a, a caring God, and uh, we, we need to uh, make him the master of our lives. And so this A then really uh, stands for acknowledging and accepting uh, the lordship of Christ. Well, in Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 46, Jesus says this, Why do you call me Lord? Lord, why are you calling me Master, Master, and not do what I tell you. So part of the issue with the lordship of Christ is this, that we need to make sure that we submit our lives to his lordship and obey his authoritative word. So, Lord, Lord, and how come you call me that, but you don't do what I tell you? 
Everyone, he says, who comes uh, to me and hears my word and does them, uh, I will show you what he's like. And so the Lord wants them to realize that when you acknowledge and accept the lordship of Christ, when you make him the master of your life, then here's what you're going to be like. And this is another familiar story to you. It says, it says this, he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, uh, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it. Why? Because it had been well built. So if you want your life to be strong and and uh, you want to be able to handle the storms of life, then you need to make sure that you acknowledge and accept Jesus as the Lord of your life. I think that uh, there's a lot of people today that think that you can accept him as uh, your savior, but it kind of ends there. You don't have to worry about it after that. Well, the issue is this. I don't believe at all that we ever lose our salvation, but, but I think we need to realize that we're putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we need to make sure that we've given our life to him. And so the question, I think, that helps us understand the lordship of Christ is this. Who sits on the throne of your life? I don't know if you're familiar with Tim LaHaye. At one time, Tim LaHaye was a very, very... uh, uh, important uh, Christian leader across the United States. And he used to write a lot of uh, different books that pertain to uh, life and godliness. And then later in his life, he uh, wrote a whole uh, series that maybe some of you have read, Left Behind, uh, focusing on the book of Revelation and, and prophecy. Um, but he often, early in his uh, life's ministry, would talk about who sits on the throne of your life. And so he would have these diagrams and, and, uh, he would show your heart, so to speak. And there on your heart, he would, would draw or have a throne. And the question then he would ask is, who sits on the throne of your life? It could be a person. It could be something that controls your life. But here is what we're saying that if we really want to handle the difficulties of life, and not only just survive, but thrive even, we need to acknowledge and we need to accept Jesus as the Lord of our life. We need to make sure that he is the master of our life. He needs to be the one who sits on the throne of our heart, ruling and reigning uh, in our lives. And so we need to acknowledge, we need to accept uh, the Lordship of Christ. Well, A, we need to accept, we need to acknowledge the Lordship of Christ. And uh, C, we need to choose to have a positive attitude. We need to choose to have a positive Attitude. Now, when I think of uh, the scriptures, there's a lot of scripture that I could use today to uh, emphasize uh, the fact that we need to have a positive attitude even during difficult times. 
We're not going to uh, turn to this uh, scripture passage, but you're familiar with it, Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas are in prison. Uh, It's not a great place to be. Not only are your movements, uh, you don't have, you've lost your freedom, but uh, prisons way back then are not even in any way like prisons today. So it was a bad situation. And uh, they really didn't know what was uh, going to uh, happen to them. Now, if you and I were there in prison together, what would we do? Well, verse 25 of Acts chapter 16 tells us this, that, and I'll put this in there, instead of pouting, feeling sorry for themselves, you know what they were doing? They were praying. But then it tells us this, that instead of sobbing and, and you know, feeling a lot of self-pity, they were singing. You talk about being positive. In fact, the rest of the people in the jail could hear them praying and singing. And so what a testimony to other people. See, see, you and I need to be individuals who are choosing, making a very decisive decision, an act to be positive. And so when we talk then about this whole uh, issue of uh, choosing to be positive. Let, let me give you uh, what I view as kind of the uh, four R's here of uh, positivity. First of all is this. Number one, we need to repeat. If God is for me, who can be against me? That's a verse that's true whether you're in prison or not. So we need to repeat often. If we're, if we're battling you know, negative thoughts, we need to repeat often. If God is for me, who uh, can be against me? Then secondly, we not only need to repeat, but we need to recall the words of the Apostle Paul, which says this, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. You see, when we're filled with negativity, we don't believe we can survive. We don't believe we can do anything. And what God wants us to realize is that in him, we can do anything. We can handle anything. And third, we need to resist discouraging thoughts. We need to resist discouraging thoughts. We need to fight the doubts that come into our minds, the unbelief that comes into our minds and hearts, the hopelessness that that sometimes comes over us. We need to resist that. And then last, but surely not least, we need to remember, some of you might not like this one, but you need to remember that you cannot think positively if you hang around with negative people. So if you're going through a tough time and you're, you're fighting really negative thoughts, discouraging thoughts, you need to put these four things into practice and, and you need to look around you and, and ask yourself, well, do I have friends that are just filling me day in and day out with negative thoughts, discouraging thoughts? Or are they lifting me up and helping me to even fulfill Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. 
Of course, when we talked about Paul and the issue of worry and anxiety in Philippians chapter 4, he tells us as well that we're to be filled with praise. That's positive. That we're to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then he tells us that we need to be thinking about the things that are good, the things that are positive. What's filling your mind, what's filling your heart with negativity? Get rid of it. Well, third, in our action-packed tips, is the letter T. And that letter T, I would like to say, stands for this. Tough it out. Tough it out. Now, uh, that's not easy to tough it out, but uh, we need to tough it out. One of my favorite verses is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, where Paul says, tells us that we need to uh, really be careful. And, and he says this, don't, don't be unmoved or be, uh, be, be unmoved, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And so what Paul is focused on in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58 he wants us to realize that, okay, this might not be easy all the time, but we need to tough it out. We need to be individuals who don't give up. And think about that as it relates to some characters in Scripture. Think about about Joseph being sold by his family, going through difficult times, being accused of, of something uh, immoral when, when really he stood up for what was right. He could have easily given up, but he didn't. He had a positive attitude. His positive attitude was based on the fact that even though his brothers did something that was bad to him, even though they did something with, with un, impure ideas and, and, and feelings, he's saying God meant it for good. And so he hung in there, you see. We find the same truth with Daniel in the book of, of Daniel. And so we, we need to realize that we have to uh, tough it out. You know the saying, when the going gets tough, what? The tough get going. And so we need to, we need to tough it up. And I think toughing it out means that we, we put a lot of effort. We, we get fully engaged then when we, we talk about toughing it out. Effort in our lives has to be a conscious effort, not, not just something that happens or doesn't happen, but our effort needs to be very conscious. It needs to be uh, constant. It needs to be effort that's consistent uh, in all times. And so we need to be individuals who uh, really are, are individuals who are going to hang in there. I've told you before about a poster that I used to have in my office and in fact, I wish I still had that poster. I, I don't know what I did with it, but in one of my moves, I lost it. And uh, students heard me speaking on this at Davis College, and, and they uh, gave me this poster. And the poster was just of a cat uh, in a tree, and the cat was, was hanging on by, uh, you know, just the two front paws and uh, just hanging on uh, for dear life by the her claws. And this saying at the bottom of the poster was just this, hang in there, baby. Well, 
I think that when we're going through tough times, we're depending on God. We also need to realize that we need to tough it up. We, we need to hang in there. I saw this saying this week by Martin Luther King Jr. Here's what it read. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. So it doesn't matter what the challenge is. You need to tough it out. It's not hard to deal with life when everything is convenient and we're living in great comfort. But when we are in situations that are challenging and maybe controversial at times, we need to be individuals who tough it out. Not always easy. And we need to be strong individuals. Now, I, I, maybe I shouldn't actually tell this uh, story, but I love uh, stories about Bear Bryant when he was coaching at Alabama. And I have uh, a friend who was there uh, playing for him, a two-time All-American and and uh, 10-year uh, starter on the Miami Dolphins. And I always loved getting with my good friend Don McNeil and hearing stories about Bear Bryant. For two years, um, while my friend played football for Bear Bryant, they were totally undefeated. And uh, he would talk about the pressure and so forth. Because every team, uh, even teams that weren't very good, wanted to uh, beat them. And if they lost every other game but beat Alabama and broke their winning streak, that would make their whole season. So they were playing a team, uh, I'm not sure, I don't remember what the name of the team was, but at halftime, Alabama was actually losing 21 to, to zero. And so everybody was in the locker room, and they were worried because Bear Bryant would come in and really yell and scream and go up one side of them and down the other. And so you, he said you, couldn't, you wouldn't hear a pin drop in the locker room as they waited for Bear Bryant to come in. Now, Coach Bryant didn't come in, didn't come in, didn't come in. Just before it was time for them to go back out on the field, Bear Bryant came into the locker room, looked at all of them, and said this, Oh, I'm sorry, I was looking for the men's room. Meaning this, that these guys needed to stand up on that football field, tough it out, and when they needed to be met. You see, they went out then and fought back from that 21 to 0 first half, and they won the game. You see, God wants us, men and women, to tough it out. Well, then I want you to realize that the I here, I like to think, stands for impact the lives of others. And so, Uh, We find uh, a lot of uh, different verses, again, that would uh, support uh, this uh, principle and and tip. Um, But I want to read uh, one verse that's found in the Acts of the Apostles and uh, chapter 20. And uh, it's a, a verse that, again, you might be familiar with, but Acts chapter 20 and uh, verse uh, 35 Uh, We read these uh, words. And uh, 
He says uh, this. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. I don't, I don't think he's talking here about giving or getting Christmas presents because he's talking in verse 35 about how, you know, we're, we're to think about those who are weak and marginalized and hurting and we're to remember then the words of the Lord Jesus. And the words of the Lord Jesus is this, that even when things are happening in your life, don't be selfish, don't focus on yourself, look out and touch the lives of other people. Impact their lives. I like to think about it this way, you know, uh, some people have a major problems with, with addiction. And uh, are, are all addictions uh, bad? Well, I wouldn't say this addiction's bad. And so I always say this, be addicted to loving and helping people, even when you personally need help. And so the Lord wants us to be kind and tender-hearted and, and forgiving. That's in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32 in a section which we looked at last week about anger and bitterness and hatred. So even when we're offended, even when we're hurt, we're to reach out, we're to be kind. Kindness is not just a feeling. It's an action word. We're to do good things for other people even when we have been hurt uh, or offended. And so we're to impact, influence for good uh, other people. Well, then number five, which is the O, we're to organize our lives. First Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40 tells us that we're to do all things decently and in order. So I think sometimes we're, we're asked, if maybe you're asked at times, how are things going? And you say, well, they're going terrible. And maybe you've made statements like this, that my entire life is a mess. Maybe that's true sometimes, but I doubt if our entire lives are a mess. And so what do we need to do? Well, we need to organize our life. We, we need to deal with things that we can change. I, I uh, read this this week. Incredible change happens in your life when you decide to take control of what you do have the power over instead of craving control over what you don't. So there are a lot of things we don't have control over, but the things that we can control, we need to do. We need to organize our lives. We need to make sure that, that we have things being done decently and in order in our lives. Sometimes it's helpful to take a sheet of paper and to draw a circle and then to divide that circle up into the different uh, segments of your life. So if I were to do that, I'd draw a circle I'd, and, and I'm right there in the middle and, and this represents my life. Uh, I might put, you know, physical aspects. Maybe, you know, you have health issues or whatever, uh, maybe mentally or mo emotionally. But there are other parts of your life, like your marriage, if you're married, your family, if you're, if you have a family and, and, uh, you know, your, your life with God, your church life. There can be a lot of different pieces of the puzzle or of the pie of your life. 
And sometimes it's helpful to go through that and to say, well, what is positive? If I even ranked either, all of them from one being low or empty to 10 being full and good, how would I really rate each one of the pieces of my life? Now, if you do that, most likely you'll see that not every aspect of your life is bad. And you will also have, be able to visualize the areas of your life that you need to really run to God with and ask God for help with and, and maybe the help of other people. And what is it that I need to change to get this one aspect of my life, one piece of the puzzle, so to speak, running the way it should be running? So we need to organize uh, our lives. Well, then last, A-C-T-I-O, and then N. Uh, N, in my mind, stands for this. Note your needs. I don't think it's wrong for us to uh, look at ourselves, to be honest with ourselves, and say, well, this is lacking. This I need some work on. I need help with this. This is so discouraging. And I think we find in, in Scripture, even with, with Joseph, even though Joseph was positive, he didn't have his head in the sand. He said to his brothers, what you did, you meant it for evil. He understood. He didn't say he didn't, he didn't get hurt by what they did. He noted his needs, but then he turned them over to God. Uh, you, you can think of the Apostle Paul, especially as he writes Second. Timothy chapter 4, he deals with loneliness there. Everybody had forsaken him and so forth. And so he, he detected his own needs. And then, of course, with that, he ran to God. And so we, we need to be individuals who understand what's happening in our lives. I read many, many years ago or heard a speaker uh, say that the Christian life is seldom a blowout. So we generally don't uh, mess up royally in most cases. And so the saying then was the Christian life is seldom a blowout. It's usually a slow leak. And so sometimes if you have a tire that seems to be slowly going flat, uh, you know, you go in and, and that you know, it's usually you have some time to get it fixed and so forth. But there are other times when you have a blowout. It can be pretty dangerous if you have a blowout on the major highway and you're going 65 or 70 miles an hour. But in most cases, for a Christian, his life is seldom a blowout. It is usually that slow leak. And so what needs to happen? Well, in troubled times, we need to depend on God and we need to be a person of action. Let's pray. 